Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, I've been very well, thank you. Derby secured a mammoth win in the Pizza Trophy against the mighty Grimsby last night, so the Champions League is surely only a few more wins away. It's in touching distance, isn't it? But last and certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been these past seven days? Yeah, really good. And uh, James mentioned Champions League there. And uh, of course, just around the corner. And uh, Spurs are finally back in it. Really, really looking forward to next week. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about a bit of a Champions League this week. So, uh, yeah, really exciting show today. We certainly will be talking about Spurs. We'll also be talking about European football as well. There's loads to pack in into this show. So that's the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to Bournemouth, because last week we started the show with the sack race. And this week, we need to look at who is going to replace Scott Parker as their new manager. Because, James, is this the perfect job for Sean Dyche to walk into? And if so, would you be backing him at 2-1 to one to take charge of the Cherries? Certainly looks like a Sean Dyche kind of assignment, doesn't it? And let's face it, the best time to take the Bournemouth job is in late August when you've still got a few weeks of radiant sunshine down in Dorset and actually think the job brief isn't too dissimilar to what he faced up at Burnley. There was clearly a difference of opinion between Scott Parker and the Bournemouth board in terms of spending money for new players. Dyche often had to work on the smallest transfer budget in the division and he has to put a side out that was greater than some of its parts. So it's one of those links that makes a lot of sense, but odds of two to one suggests that a deal is far from done. Well, Jamie, if it's not to be Sean Dyche, then Chris Wilder is also in the early frame at odds of six to one. He's not doing great guns at Middlesbrough this season, shall we say, although it is still very early, but he does have Premier League experience with Sheffield United. Could that be enough to see him move to the South Coast? Yeah, look, what I think I believe he's a good manager. Um, I think the only problem is at the moment, his time at Middlesbrough is probably what will put um, put them off, going actually going for him. I think last season they fell apart a bit in their push for the playoffs, so that could put them off. And then, of course, their start to the season, it's been a really difficult start for them so far. Of course, we saw at Sheffield United, he did a very good job, and, that, and that's why I think he is a good manager. But it, again, it there, it kind of unravelled a bit. So I think they probably will look to go for someone with a bit, you know, in terms of more Premier League experience as someone who's kind of more proven in the division. And, you know, we've just spoken about him, Sean Dyche. I just think that this is probably the right job for him. James mentioned exactly the reason why I think they'll go for him. He just fits the job description. We saw at Burnley, he was working under very, you know, uh, you know, with uh, limited resources, a limited budget. And I think he kind of do the same again at Bournemouth. I think they've got a, you know, in terms of how their squad is structured, I think it suits Sean Dyche as well. So, for me, I, I, I think um, Sean Dyche is probably the pick here. Then again, James, Bournemouth could go for someone who doesn't have Premier League experience. That could be Michael Carrick. Now, with him departing Manchester United a few months back, could Bournemouth be his first permanent managerial role at odds of 12-1? to 1? 
Uh, I wouldn't put money on it, Dan. I think Bournemouth should be looking for someone with proven Premier League experience, someone who knows the league and is able to squeeze every drop out of a side that, let's face it, isn't currently good enough to stay in the division. We've only got a very small sample size from Michael Carrick's brief tenureship at Manchester United. And 12 to 1, odd smack of the bookies throwing in a name for the sake of it, a bit like a modern day Alan Gerbish league. Well, you could. Perhaps say the same, Jamie, about Thierry Henry. He's also 12 to 1. He's once again Belgium's assistant manager at the moment. But when he has been given actual managerial roles, those being at Monaco and Montreal in the MLS, he's never really impressed. So does 12 to 1 take your interest for the former Arsenal forward? Yeah, I, I look, it's kind of the same I said with, with in terms of why they might go for Sean Dyche. I think they need someone who's going to be able to fit the way the club is run. I think, you know, again, you know, small budget, limited resources, and they're going to need someone with experience now to come in and kind of start getting results. And Thierry Henry, you know, you mentioned there, he's a guy who's not done particularly well as a manager and he's not particularly experienced and certainly not at Premier League level. So um, I, I think they'll be looking at managers who have that experience in the Premier League, who have done well. And Thierry Henry just doesn't fit that. So I don't think I'd be looking at Thierry Henry for this one. I think I'd be looking at someone who is experienced in, in the Premier League, who, as I keep saying, is, is going to be able to work under a limited uh, budget with limited resources. So um, that's the lines I think they'll go for. And uh, Thierry Henry doesn't quite fit that. No, I mean, it's not smart money backing the likes of Henry or Carrick, for that matter. I think the smart money is on Sean Dyche. However, with the transfer window slamming shut very soon, the thing that might put him off is the fact that well, any new manager who comes in can't sign any new players until January. That might be the only thing that hamstrings someone like Sean Dyche because he might want to bring in some new faces, but he can't do that. And will he feel that the squad he inherits straight away is capable? I'm not too sure. But at 2-1, to one, it's kind of pointed that direction. But the sack race is such a fluid market. As we said last week, who would have even expected Scott Parker to get sacked after that 9-0 drubbing? So watch this space is all we can say on that front. But that's enough manager chat for this week because now we're going to move on to the last bit of midweek Premier League football on Thursday and that is Manchester United's trip to Leicester one that arguably sees the Foxes really needing that first win of the season James the big question is can they get it at odds of 12 to 5 well the form book between the two suggests they've got a chance Leicester are unbeaten in the last five meetings winning three of them but they continue to struggle for clean sheets to the Foxes just one in the last 29 league games and United are slowly improving in the defensive department, so you perhaps give the visitors the edge here. I reckon for a good game, though. Both teams have scored in the last five. You can get that again at four to seven, which isn't the best price in the world. But I think United are going to hit a good run of form after back-to-back wins. All not quite well at Leicester, so I like the away win here. It's a click better than even money. Well, this is it, Jamie, because United have made it two wins from two at the weekend. It wasn't a great performance against Southampton, but it was what was needed, just building that momentum. As... James says they're just over evens at the moment to win at the King Power. Would you be backing that? Can you see this being the case? Yes, I can. I just think this will be the away win. I think United, they are starting to click, um, of course, under Eric Ten Hag. I don't think it's going to be quite enough to, to maybe really see them push for the top four, but I think they're going to be there. So I, I think we'll, we'll kind of see a more competent Manchester United side. And again, they face the lesser side who are in a bit of disarray at the moment, really. You know, we've seen them suffer a number of defeats. I think Brendan Rodgers is under serious pressure now. So, And I think that that will only continue against Manchester United. I think they are a side, as I said, who who are starting to click now. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to back a United win here. I'm, I, I like the look of a 2-1 win as well. I don't think it will be a comprehensive victory for United. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Man United here at 17-2. Uh, well, James, this is it because Leicester at the moment, well, this season, shall we say, each of those four matches taking place, they conceded two goals per game. So 
from a defensive standpoint, not good at all. They've certainly been one of the more generous teams in the Premier League since the start of the campaign. What do you think the most logical over-under bet will be before Thursday's encounter? Well, over 3.5 goals has plenty of appeal. We know both sides' strengths are in their attacking departments and neither side have found the feet at the back yet. You can get that at 17-10, to 10, which I think is decent value for a bet builder. As a touchdown, these two produce goals when they face each other and I think that trend will continue on Thursday. Well, Jamie, if we're looking at the any-time market before kick-off, what players take your fancy from a goal-scoring point of view? Yeah, well, look, I went for a Man United win, but I'm actually going to go for James Madison here. I know he missed the weekend's uh, defeat to Chelsea with an injury, but Brendan Rodgers before uh, this one was saying that he's expecting him to be back for the game. He's made a really strong start to the season and really has kind of been uh, Leicester's only real bright spark. So, um, yeah, I, I can see him scoring again here. Of course, he, I think he scored at Old Trafford in the last meeting between the two sides last season as well. So, you know, got two in, two goals in three matches already this season. So he's a guy who's, who is in good form. And uh, yeah, I see him scoring here at 7-2 uh, at to two anytime. That's a solid shout. I'd also throw Marcus Rashford into the mix. I think he scored three times in the last four visits to the King Power. You could also make a case for Jamie Vardy. Yes, his superpowers are starting to fade, but he loves a goal against United. Got that record-breaking goal years back. And then also that dramatic goal in a 5-3 win. Um, when Claudio Ranieri was boss. So, you know, it's kind of... He likes scoring against United. Rashford likes scoring against Leicester. There's certainly scope for goals from those two. So it's set to be a rather entertaining encounter on Thursday. But also an entertaining encounter, which always is, is when we go north of the border for the next Old Firm derby. And that is this Saturday lunchtime. Celtic play host to Rangers. James, is this already a must-win game for the blue half of Glasgow? I wouldn't say so at this point. They'll play Celtic three more times in the league over the course of the season and points will be dropped elsewhere too. That said, I'm sure it'll be drummed into the Rangers squad that they have to win and they'll go into the game looking to do so. But I think it's more important to avoid defeat than get all three points. If they can stay within two or three points of them, then they'll fancy themselves to beat Celtic at Ibrox later on in the campaign. And despite a 9-0 win last weekend, I don't have this Celtic side down as particularly vintage. So I think they'll have one or two hiccups, as will Rangers. Well, Jamie, I guess the bigger question here is whether Rangers can get the better of Celtic. 16-5 to 5 seems a rather inviting price to my eyes, but when you consider the might of this Celtic side, does it also come with some caution at the same time? Yeah, I, do you know what? I think both teams are pretty evenly matched this year and I think it was going to be an exciting title race in Scotland and of course this this should be a really exciting game. Obviously both teams have made a very strong start to the season. Celtic, they've collected maximum points. Rangers only dropped two points and they were very unfortunate. I think it was a bit Hibernian where they conceded late on to kind of drop those two points. So both teams have started the season really strongly and uh, yeah, as I said, it's going to be a really, really exciting title race this year and, and this weekend's game should be it's pretty interesting to see kind of see who comes out on top here. I, I probably would lean towards Celtic winning this one just because of the game's at Celtic Park. Um, and, and uh, you know, at the moment, I think Rangers have looked maybe slightly not as quite as strong away from home this season. So uh, I'd probably be looking towards a Celtic win here. But uh, it should be a really exciting game. And uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting year in Scotland in terms of that title race between these two. Yeah, I have to agree. I think it's a bit of an arms race north of the border at the moment. And I think these two are going to push themselves and each other to higher heights. And I think it's going to be a cracking game on Saturday. That's my opinion, though. James, as you mentioned, nine goals Celtic scored against Dundee United last weekend. I doubt it would be that much in terms of overall total goals. But do you think the entertainment factor will be as high, in your opinion, or will it be a rather tight affair? Well, I don't think there'll be much in it, as is often the case when title contenders meet early in the season. I think we'll get a cagey contest and the two scope each other out and give 
very little away to each other. These two played each other five times last season with two wins apiece and a draw. So that tells you just how closely matched these are these days. And I think it'll be a tense draw in Glasgow this weekend. Get that at 27-10. Well, Jamie, there's no doubt this is going to be a rather feisty affair. Are there any card-based bets that take your fancy? Yeah, I think given how close this match is going to be, I think it will be kind of, you know, tempers will be, you know, really flared on the weekend. So I can see cards in this one. The last six matches, you know, they've averaged over five cards in, in each of them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for plus five cards here. Um, obviously, the odds aren't out for this at the moment, but uh, that's that's the way I'd be looking to go for this weekend. That is a very feisty affair, actually. But, you know, old firm Derby's passion, I think that's not actually a bad suggestion at all. But next up, we're going... Bet building once again, and this time it's Aston Villa playing host to Manchester City on Saturday evening. And once again, we're going to look to construct an early season winner, which means James, once more, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Well, I think I've got the easiest job of the weekend here. I'm going for Erling Haaland, of course. The Norwegian is in cracking form with four goals in his last two games. Villa looking leaky defensively, too, so it's no surprise that Haaland is odds on at four to six, but he still gets the nod. Well, sometimes the logical picks are right in front of you, which means, Jamie, once more, I'd like the over-under goals this week. Yeah, maybe mine might not be so logical. And I'm going to go for a big one. I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals for this game. I think City, they've been packed with goals this season. We've really seen that. Of course, their matches, you know, as a, as a whole, have, have been full of goals. They, of course, saw them concede twice against Palace and three against Newcastle as well. So... This is going to be a game I can see lots of goals being scored in. I think they're also playing a Villa side who are struggling at the moment. So I think there's going to be a chance for them to get a lot of goals here at Manchester City. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a, for a number of goals here and I'm going to go for over 3.5. Top shout. I'm going to mix up a little bit this week. I'm going to go with a new market. I'm going to go with both teams to receive a card. I'm going to say yes. OK, just to recap our three picks for this week, we've gone for Erling Haaland to score any time. We've gone for over 3.5 goals. We've also gone for both teams to receive a card, that being yes. When you combine those three factors, it's odds of 7 to 2. £10 on your betting slip we will offer you back £45. Do you know what? I think this one might be our first winner. I really hope it is. I hope it's for us. I hope it's for you. Let's see if we can get this one together over the line. OK, then, let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. And with Aston Villa having a rather sluggish start to the season, what chance, James, would you give them against Man City on Saturday? Well, I give them two chances and they're both slim and nil. Very difficult to give Villa much of a hope here with the way they've started. And Man City just look like the complete package at the moment. Yes, they're conceding goals, but they look like scoring every time they cross the halfway line at present. And I can see this being a stroll in the Villa Park. Now, Jamie, when you look at Manchester City, there was no sweat when even two down to Crystal Palace last weekend. Would a similar handicap bet interest you before the two sides mm. meet on Saturday? Yeah, I think possibly so. I mean, look, I've, I've said with this one, I think it's going to be lots of goals and I think there'll be lots of goals for City. I think it could be a, a very tricky afternoon for Steven Gerrard. We know he's already under pressure and... Um, I just think this will be a comprehensive Manchester City win. I can see, again, I, I like the look of a three-goal margin. That's what I'm going to go for personally. I can't see much more than that just because it's at Villa Park and I, I don't think they're going to you know, lose by an absolute embarrassing amount. But three goals, is, I think, will be the margin. So I'm going to go for a draw and a handicap of three here at uh, almost five to one. So uh, I do like the look of that shout. I think it's a fair shout indeed, actually. But James, it can be difficult to find value when discussing Manchester City. However, I'm going to leave that task to you. So what could you sniff out before Saturday? 
Well, I give Villa a chance of scoring here. City haven't quite got the rack together defensively and Gerard could do with some PR points after a poor start. So he wants his side to give this a go, but that only helps Boosman returns on the City win as I'm going for the away victory and both to score double at 9-5. to five. And also like City in the handicaps, minus one looks generous at evens and if you want to push the boat out, minus two will tempt a few at 13-5. to five. It certainly will. But Jamie, Erling Haaland is 4-6 to six to add to his tally of six Premier League goals already. But he's also 8-13 to 13 to win the Golden Boot. Top of the charts now. Does he stay there by the time the season finishes mm-hmm. in May? Yeah, well, I, th- I think in kind of the previews that we did, I, I was very kind of, well, not critical of, of this signing, but I kind of maybe had my doubts over how he'd fit in. But look, he's, he's made an unbelievable start. He's looked really impressive. Of course, he got that hat-trick on the weekend. He just seems to have fitted into the team. So yeah, I think there's no kind of doubt on him at the moment. He looks well on course to kind of win that golden boot. But and in terms of maybe competition, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of it as well. I think with Harry Kane is probably the guy who I'd be looking at to, to really push him. Harry Kane's at 6-1, to one, which I think is fairly good value. Again, I think he's a guy who will definitely be up there. He's in a, a strong Tottenham team, so I think he will push Haaland. But... At the moment, you just can't bet against him. He just looks so strong at Haaland at the moment. And uh, you'd probably have to say he w- he will kind of go on to win that golden boot. But uh, Harry Kane, for me, probably is the value pick at 6-1. to one. I just think that he's always going to be a guy that's right up there. I mentioned he's, you know, he's in a strong Tottenham team that, that will probably be you know, in and around that top four. So uh, Harry Kane is probably the way I'd, I'd look to go. But it's, it's, again, it's difficult to go against Haaland right now. Yeah, I remember when we had this discussion a couple of months ago, Harry Kane was certainly the value bet because you had this certain doubt around Haaland. But when you're scoring more than a goal a game already, and I know it's only four games in, he doesn't really look like slowing down yet. So at 8-13, to 13, it might even be a case of buying money, even though Harry Kane is as good as he, as he is, really. So that's the kind of level we've got this season. But as I say, it's a lot of football to go. That's going to keep evolving. So I'll keep an eye on that market as well. But next up, it's the Longshot Acker. Anywhere in the world... At odds of between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one for our picks. We just want to get three picks combined and win big this week. So, Jamie, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yep, I'm going to go for a Burnley away win at West Brom on Friday evening. That's at 12-5. to five. Um, Burnley, they've made a strong start under Vincent Company. They're third in the table at the moment. They've won the last two. Meanwhile, West Brom, you know, they haven't had such a strong start. They're 12th currently. Um, you know, they've co- collected just one win all season. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Burnley win here at 12-5. Uh, to 50, uh, 12 to 5. <laughs> And James, what have you got up your sleeve this week? Yeah, I'm heading into the Championship as well, and specifically to Carrow Road, where Norwich have found their feet again with three straight wins, and they host a Coventry side that have lost the last three, but have scored in all of those defeats on the road. So I like the home win and both to score double at 3-1. to one. OK, I'm going to follow that up by going north of the border. I'm going to Fir Park as Motherwell play host to managerless Dundee United, although with the way they played under Jack Ross, they might be better off with no manager, which means I'm hoping for a bit of bounce, because there's no new manager bounce yet, but just some bounce from the Tannadites outfit. And because of that, I'm backing them to win away from home at odds of 3-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's have a quick look at the European club competitions odds now, as the respective group draws have been made. We looked at the Champions League in pre-season, but let's see if that draw has changed anything since. James, Man City are favourites at 5-2. to two. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, they're certainly my favourites. I know they haven't been all that sound defensively, but they just look the real deal now that Haaland is in the picture. And me and Jamie will probably have a scrap at the end of this recording, but I think they beat Real Madrid comfortably this year. And look at the rest of the field, and I don't see many genuine contenders outside of those two. So this, for me, looks like City's moment. 
While Jamie, PSG have had their usual solid start to domestic proceedings and this is feeding into their current odds of 5-1. to one. Can this finally be the season where the French giants conquer the continent? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of crazy to think some of their teams haven't won this Champions League so far, given the quality that they that they have. But, you know, and again, you, you I think you always have, kind of have to consider that history that they had in the competition. But do you know what? I think this finally could be their year. I think that, you know, they seem to have gotten the right appointment in Christophe Galtier. Um, he just seems to have fitted that squad perfectly. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of, ha you know, looked at their team, looked at maybe the wing-backs they had. You know, it was, it was built for a three-at-the-back system, you know, having wing-backs with Hakimi, Nuno Mendes either side, and then you've got Ramos, Marquinhos, Kimpembez. There's all those talented centre-backs, and then, of course, got that amazing front three as well with Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. So I, I think you, I think I can see them, you know, going very far into this competition and even finally winning it. I think that, you know, that their, their players seem to be really hitting top form at the moment. They've got 18 goals in in four league matches already, so they do look like they're starting to click. But it's it's very difficult to know with PSG. We know their history in this competition. Um, it's it's not been good, but you know they looked to, as I said, they looked to have finally got the right appointment here in, in Galtier. So. Um, yeah, I, I do like the look of them this year. It will be very interesting to see how they get on. But for me, I'd probably be looking at Manchester City. Again, I know I talked about history and, and obviously Man City have got similar history in this competition. But I, I think they're finally I think they're finally going to do it. And I think this year might be the year for City. Now, outside of these two, you have Liverpool priced at 11-2. Jürgen Klopp's men have finally got their domestic season underway with that thumping of Bournemouth. But James, do you think they can go one better in the Champions League this time around? I don't think so. I've spoken on previous pods about how I think they'll struggle this year and there's no denying they've missed the incision of Sadio Mane. 9-0 wins over Bournemouth is one thing, but those crunch games against the big clubs I think will be a struggle for them unless they strengthen a midfield that looks severely light, let's face it. And defensively, they haven't been up to scratch either, so don't think the stars are quite aligned for them this year. While Jamie, holders Real Madrid are current fifth favourites at odds of 9-1. to Do you think they keep possession of the Champions League trophy or would you not be in a race to back them just yet? Yeah, well, I think on previous shows, I've definitely made it clear that I do like Real Madrid a lot in terms of their team. Um, but this year, I kind of had doubts over whether they'll actually compete for the title. Um, I, I think they're going to be a strong team and I do think they will go deep into this competition. I think that, you know, they're still very strong. But look, last year they had Benzema with the season of his life. I think that helped them a lot. They also had a fair bit of luck in terms of, you know, beating Chelsea, beating PSG and just in, the, in terms of the way they did it as well. So, and of course, we know the Man City game as well. So, I don't think they will have quite the same luck and I think that that will be an issue for them. Of course, Casemiro, I think, is a big loss for them. I know, obviously, they've got Chumeni and Camavinga to come into that team. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they'll be quite strong enough this year. Uh, Real Madrid, I think they had a bit of luck last year and I don't think they'll have the, quite the same luck this year. OK, let's look at the Europa League odds now. And with Arsenal priced at favourites of 11-2, to 2, James, is this a bet that takes your fancy at all? Uh, I guess if Arsenal had not started their Premier League season so well, then I might have been inclined to have a bet on this. But the Gunners will almost certainly be looking at the top four finish as the most viable route into the Champions League. And they do lack sharp end tournament experience in the squad. So I think that could cause them to come a cropper in the knockout rounds against the slightly more cooked outfits on the continent. I do think we're likely to get our winner from the Champions League dropouts. Those at the head of the field currently, I don't think are likely to prioritise the competition, perhaps with the exception of Roma. And the rest of the field doesn't look all that strong. Well, Jamie, we can also look at English interest with Manchester United. They're second favourites at the moment, odds of 8-1. to one. Do you think they may earn a route to the Champions League via this tournament? Is that going to be their shortcut back to the top table? 
Yep, I think this is probably their best shot of getting into, you know, returning to that Champions League. I think through the league, that's going to be very difficult. I think there are five teams that are much better than them this year. So I can't see them doing it by the league. I can't see them doing it via the Europa League either. I just don't think they're going to be quite strong enough this year. I don't think they've got the quality of players and, and maybe that know-how of getting through the rounds. With Corsor, Ten Hag have that one good year in the Champions League where he got you know took Ajax to the semi-finals. Uh, can't remember which team uh, managed to knock them out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was a very good game anyway. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think with Manchester United, I just don't see them being quite strong enough. And uh, I'm sure we'll get on to it in just a second. Uh, I think, and, and as James mentioned, I think some of those Champions League teams are looking very, very, very strong this year in terms of who might be dropping into the competition. I think Roma as well are a side I, I'm going to look out for as well. So I just don't think Man United will be strong enough this year. Well, let's speak about Roma now. We spoke about their chances of winning Serie A a couple of weeks back. But James, what do you make of their chances of winning the Europa League at odds of 14-1? to 1? Yeah, I'll give them a chance for sure, Dan. We know Jose Mourinho is a serial winner and will be desperately keen to add another European trophy to his collection. He gave the Europa Conference League plenty of respect last season and he'll certainly do the same for the Europa League too. They've made a good start to this season with 11 points from 12 on offer, I think it is. Actually, it's 10 points because they won at Monza last night. And I think they're going to have a good season domestically and abroad. Now, Jamie, of course, we keep alluding to this drop-down effect. So let's talk about that now. There will be teams coming out of the Champions League at the turn of the year. Will you be keeping your powder dry and seeing what those teams are when making a bet for the Europa League? I, I think you have to, considering some of the teams that might drop into this competition. Barcelona, Bayern or Inter could all drop in. That is, of course, a very exciting group. Um, you, of course, got City, Sevilla or Dortmund. We know Sevilla's pedigree in this, this competition. Dortmund, I think, are going to be a very strong side. Don't see City dropping into the competition. Ajax, Liverpool and Napoli. I think, again, you've got three strong teams there. So... I think there's lots of teams that could drop into this competition that could quite easily come in and win it. Again, you just have to look at that Barcelona Bayern Inter group and and have to fancy any of those three teams to go on to eventually win the competition if they do drop out of the Europa League. So yeah, I think this is probably you know maybe a case of waiting to see who does drop out of the competition. But yeah, again, Roma I, I think are the, maybe the side in terms of who actually are in the competition at the moment. At fourteen to one, I think given Jose Mourinho, you know, knowing how to to win knockout competitions, you know, we saw how strong he was last year. His team is much stronger this year. They've made some fantastic additions. Dybala, Vinaldum, of course, is out for a bit of time, but I, I think this Roma team looks really strong. And at fourteen to one, I think that that is really really nice value. Now, of course, we shouldn't forget the Europa Conference League either. And James, there's no doubt that Villarreal have had some recent European pedigree. Is it enough to make them outright favourites in this competition? Odds of 11-2. to two? Yeah, I mean, we all know about Unai Emery's European pedigree, so you've got to give Villarreal a good chance here. But I'm going to throw an early prediction into the hat and go for Nice at 14-1. to one. They're quietly building a decent squad over there. They've made some good signings. Manager Lucien Favre is a very experienced one, so I think they'll run deep here and cause some problems. Well, Jamie, West Ham came through their qualifier with Viborg unscathed and now are placed as second favourites odds of 13-2. to two. Mm. Do you think David Moyes' men can land European success at the end of the season? Um, yeah, I, I think I've got no doubts they're going to go far into this competition. I can kind of see them prioritising this competition and maybe sacrificing some of their league form to try and go as far as, as possible. But I think given the way that David Moyes' side have, have started the season, I'm not sure they're going to be a side that will ultimately come out and win it. Again, I just don't think they're quite strong enough. For me, in the, in this competition at the moment, Villarreal is absolutely my pick. I just think if you look at the quality they've got, 
you know, their ability in Europe. We saw them get to the semi-finals of the Champions League last year. And Unai Emery just seems to be kind of the master of um, of knockout football. He seems to absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I think at the moment you you absolutely have to back Villarreal. That's that that's just my opinion. And uh, yeah, I think I think Villarreal probably the way to go here. Now looking further down the list, James, an Italian side won the first ever edition of the trophy last season. That was Roma. Could Fiorentina continue that dominance at odds of ten to one? Certainly in that clutch of sides that will fancy their chances. You just wonder if they have enough goals in the side. They, of course, lost Dusan Vlajevic to Juventus in January and they've started this season with a couple of nil-nil draws. So you do wonder if they'll come unstuck against the better defensive sides in the competition. And looking through the squad, I don't get too excited about them. So they're in the lay column for me in the Conference League markets, I'm afraid. Now, I think me and James might be thinking along the same lines, but I'll ask Jamie anyway. It may be difficult before a ball has even been kicked to pick out a dark horse, but what about Nice? Because they have been busy in the transfer market. Odds of 14 to 1. Does that interest you at all? Yeah, well, look, it wouldn't be an odds on podcast if there wasn't a section <laughs> of the show where me and James do slightly disagree. And I, th- I think if you look at kind of the league form, you know, the, uh, Nice's league form at the moment, I think you'd probably have to say no. I mean, look, they've lost two of their first four matches. They sit in the bottom three. They've just come off the back of a 3-0 defeat at the weekend to Marseille. Having said that, you know, we, we know that sometimes... You know, league form does not represent, you know, uh, knockout football and, and they can kind of some teams can just kind of come alive in, in European competition. So, yes, you know, I think they've got a good manager, a decent team as well. So, so that could stand them in good stead. But I think if you look at the way they have started the season, it's been really difficult. And, and uh, that 3-0 defeat was at home as well to Marseille. So, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I probably wouldn't be looking at Nice for this one, I'll be honest. OK, before we move on to our Premier League roundup, it's time to go for a correct score bet from you both. And this week, it doesn't matter where it is. I just want that outcome spot on. Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I think last week I did the same in terms of backing Chelsea to win. And uh, I'm going to back, back them again to kind of bounce back from that defeat against Southampton. They're back at Stamford Bridge. They seem to be a lot stronger at Stamford Bridge at the moment this season. Um, so I'm going to go for, for a win against West Ham. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win um, at 17-2. to as I said, I'm going to back them to kind of bounce back. And uh, yeah, I think they play a West Ham side who are struggling at the moment. Um, you know, Spurs do play them on the, on, on the night we are recording this. So um, whether I've jinxed that or not, let's, let's, uh, let's wait and see. But uh, yes, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win over West Ham. Yes, I hope you haven't, Jamie. But we'll have to see how that all pans out. And James, I hope you haven't jinxed anything for us either. What have you got for me in terms of a correct score this weekend? Well, I'm dropping into League Two, where Sutton got a really handy win over Mansfield last weekend to bust my 150 to one long shot accumulator as the only leg to let me down. I'm still absolutely smarting from it. But yeah, next up for them is a game against the Harrogate side that failed to score in five of the last six games. So I'm going to go two 0 Sutton at eight to one. Top shout, and of course, check out FreeBets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's mop up some big Premier League encounters now. And first up, we go to the small matter of the Merseyside derby on Saturday. James, our good friends Everton, can they upset the form book at odds of 7-1? to one? Can't say I give them much of a chance here, despite home advantage. Liverpool have jump-started their season with that 9-0 hammering of Bournemouth. And with Everton struggling for clean sheets, have this down as a regulation Reds win. Liverpool won by two and three goal margins in the two meetings last season. And I think a trip to the handicaps is the way to go here once again. I really like Liverpool minus one at 21-20. to 20. With so many goals on the side, it's hard not to back that. So the same can be said for over 2.5 Reds goals as well at 27-20. to 20. 
Well, Jamie, this is usually a derby clash which has a decent amount of goals. What do you reckon is the over-under when the two teams meet at Goodison Park? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you know what? I can see this one being a real proper derby match. And, and I mean by that, I think it's going to be pretty cagey, actually. I think especially at Goodison Park, um, I think you look at Liverpool and the way they are playing at the moment. Yes, they, of course, got that big win against Bournemouth. But I think that that was a Bournemouth side who, who kind of set up in a very strange way. I think Scott Parker kind of went away from playing five at the back to four at the back at, at Anfield. I think that was a very strange move. So I, I don't think they're going to have quite as much joy of course, we have seen as well with, uh, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, saw how defensive he is. So I don't think Liverpool are going to, you know, really run away with this one. I think it's going to be a low scoring match. I do think Liverpool will just about scrape this. I can see like a 1-0 win for Liverpool. Um, so I'm actually going to go low with the goals here and I'm going for under 2.5 goals um, and you can get that at 6-4. to four. Yeah, I'd be tempted to go low as well because I just don't see where Everton get their goals. I know they scored in midweek, but again, it's just, you know, there's so little options I can't see Liverpool hitting nine, so I think a more measured approach of under 2.5, maybe even as tight as under 1.5, I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be a gold glut on Merseyside this weekend. But James, next up, you're off to the Brentford Community Stadium because Thomas Frank's men play host to Leeds. Leeds won here in dramatic fashion last season, the result that kept them up on the final day. At odds of 23-10, to 10, do you fancy them to win again on Saturday? I'm not in a great rush to back Leeds here. I think they'll be safe from any relegation bother and stuff like that. And there's no doubt that Jesse Marsh is moving in the right direction with them. But I have them down as a potentially erratic side that is capable of great performances one week and poor ones the next. Same can be said to some extent for Brentford. But I really like them. That loss to Leeds was their only defeat at home since February. And I think without the boiling part of the final day, they'll get things right this time. So I'm going for the home win at 6-5. to five. Now, of course, Brentford had to make do with a draw last weekend. They pretty much threw the kitchen sink at Everton, but their attackers weren't quite on it. With that said, Jamie, there's not much between the two sides when you compare Brentford and Leeds. Could you be tempted by the draw at odds of 12-5? to 5? Yeah, do you know what? I think I can. And um, I, th I think this was kind of a result that I was looking at for my, my long shot as well. So I think fairly decent value there as well. I think it's two teams that have both made strong starts to the season in terms of what they'll be aiming for this year. I think both sides you know, might have been considered as, as relegation candidates. So, you know, to, to kind of start how they have. Leeds have taken eight points. Brentford, they've got six as well. So I think this is a pretty evenly matched contest. And uh, I think it will just be a case of, of really both sides cancelling each other out. So I think a draw is probably the way to go here. Um, James mentioned as well, I think these are two pretty erratic sides who, who can produce good performances on their day. But uh, I think at the moment, we, of course, saw them draw, both draw in midweek as well. So uh, I think that will be, be the outcome for this one. Yeah, I'd have to go for the draw on that one. I feel, as I say, just they'll cancel each other out. They're two match teams, I feel. You know, they've got good attacks, but also they are susceptible to a goal from time to time. So I feel a draw is the best direction of travel in West London. But let's actually stay in West London because we've got another London derby. The second in a row for West Ham in just a few days. Next up, after playing Tottenham in midweek, James, it's Chelsea. What will be the tail of the tape when these two go to war? Well, these two traded narrow home wins in the league last season. And you only have to go back to 2019 for West Ham's last win at Stamford Bridge. So... But a way win is certainly not out of the question here, especially after such a poor Blues performance at Southampton on Tuesday. But I'm drawing inspiration from their response to the defeat at Leeds when they just about beat Leicester the following weekend. So I'm going to go for another positive follow-up display for the West Londoners. Chelsea to win by a one-goal margin gets the nod for me at 13-5. to West Ham still not discovered that consistency, so I'm reluctant to back them to get anything here. Now, Jamie, you may have alluded to it just a moment or so ago, but... Chelsea yet to keep a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge this season. Is that why you've given me the both teams to score bet on Saturday? Is that kind of the logic? 
Yeah, I mean, you can get both teams to score at, at, 20, at 19 to 20 here. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think that will be the case. I think Chelsea, they've just looked so vulnerable at the moment. Um, I think that's kind of to do with a, a lack of protection in that midfield. I mean, you look at the likes of Jorginho and Kovacic, they're just not really kind of those, uh, you know, those those hard players that you want in front of the back, you know, your back three. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's maybe where it comes from. Koulibaly as well, he looks like he's taking a bit of time to settle in. I thought he looked very poor against uh, Southampton yesterday. So I think West Ham will find a way to kind of breach this, this Chelsea defence. So, yeah, I think both teams to score is the way to go here. And uh, I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be, I think Chelsea will win this one, but uh, I, I think it will be quite a closely contested match. Right, let's stick with another London derby now. As Tottenham play also a second in just three days. This time, coming up Saturday, is Fulham. Marco Silva's men pushed Arsenal very close at the weekend. They also beat Brighton in midweek. James, can they get anything from their second trip to North London? Mm, I think this is a tough one for Fulham. Yes, Arsenal have started well, but there is still that remnant of softness about that Gunners' defence. But I think Spurs are a step above them in terms of their back line, at least. And they've got the off-the-ball physicality to deal with Fulham, too. They came through a scrappy game with Wolves the other week to get all three points. And I think Marco Silva's side will pose a very similar threat in this one. Tottenham showed their steel to beat Forest last week, and I think they're going to be too good here. Four tonight is nothing to get excited about, but that's all right for an accumulator pick. But if you want to get a bit more bang for your buck, then go for draw half-time Spurs full-time at 7-2. to two. Well, Jamie, this could easily be the battle of two talisman. Would you be backing Harry Kane or Alexander Mitrovic in this encounter? Dare I say, may you even back both to score a goal? Yeah, I mean, just just on this one, I think, you know, at the moment Spurs, they have kind of really struggled to get going. Their key man, you know, the key men um, just haven't quite clicked yet. So I think, but the, the most important thing is they're starting to get results. So... You know, and again, to, to kind of play poorly at the city ground and get the win was, was a good sign. But I, I think Fulham, they look, you know, they did look good against Arsenal and uh, obviously got that win against Brighton. So I think this is going to be a really interesting match and I think it will be really close. And um, I think it could be a case of, you know, Harry Kane and, and Mitrovic standing up. I just think at the moment you can't back against Mitrovic not scoring here at the moment. Both, both players are in, in really good form at the moment. You know, as is Kane, of course, we saw Kane get a brace as well. So, you know, Mitrovic, he's at 13 to 5 to score any time. Harry Kane, he's at 5 to 6 to score any time. But uh, I, I do like the look of Mitrovic at 13 to 5. I think, you know, Spurs, they are capable of conceding goals. And uh, I think Mitrovic is, is just in really good form at the moment. So Mitrovic should probably be my pick to score here any time. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, you look at Mitrovic's... Yes, I'd have to agree, Jamie, because when you look at Mitrovic's goal-scoring exploits last season, I mean, the numbers were phenomenal. But the critics would say, yes, it's in the championship. However, that kind of multitude of goals has only given him much more confidence. He looks meaner, leaner. It's lit a fire in him. And I feel that the way he started this Premier League season, he's already got a better record than what he did in Fulham's last campaign two years ago. So I feel at 13-5, to I think it's a great price, even being a Tottenham fan, for the Serbian to score at the weekend. But next up, let's go to Tyneside as Newcastle players to Crystal Palace. James, Newcastle have got a few personnel issues up top. Is it now time for Alexander Isaac to announce himself? Yeah, Callum Wilson may sit this one out through injury. And Chris Wood just hasn't really worked out at St. James's Park, has it? So I think Eddie Howe will be looking at this one as the games will unleash Isaac on the Premier League. I do think we'll have a close game here, though. Palace are far from a soft touch, while Newcastle don't lose at home very often, especially against sides outside the top six. But I think the Eagles can scrap a draw here and the stalemate gets my votes here at 13-5. to well, Jamie, Palace threw away a 2-0 lead at the Etihad last weekend. Do you think they're going to have a lesson learned from that? Or 
will that sort of feed into their performance on Saturday? Can they get any joy when they travel to St James's Park? Um, I, I, I struggled to see it. I just think Newcastle, they've looked really good there. We, of course, saw them get that three-all draw with Manchester City. Probably quite unlucky not to have come all the three points there. They, of course, you know, got that opening day win against Nottingham Forest at, at, some, uh, you know, at home as well. So, yeah, I, I think for me, Newcastle win. Here is the way to go. We, of course, saw Palace, you know, were fairly underwhelming on Tuesday. Then, of course, drawing at home to Brentford. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Newcastle, for me, definitely the pick here. James, Nottingham Forest by host of Bournemouth. Is the lack of Scott Parker going to help or hinder the Cherries this weekend? Well, it's more the lack of Premier League quality than the presence of Scott Parker that's the problem at Bournemouth. And Cherries fans will surely not be able to help but look at Forrest and feel the grass is greener when you look at the huge expenditure that has gone into that new look squad at the City Grounds. And I think they'll beat Bournemouth here. Forrest's squad has had a significant upgrade while Bournemouth still very much has a championship odour about it. I think we'll get a reaction from the visitors there after their 9-0 hammering for Liverpool. But Forrest will just nick it. So a home win and under 3.5 goals on the tip here at 7-4. Top shout. Let's move on to Molyneux next because Jamie, Wolves were hosting Southampton on Saturday. What is the best value bet that's coming out of this game? Yeah, I think I'm looking for a draw here. I know obviously Southampton did get that big win, but I'm not quite convinced by them yet. I think as well, you know, with the game uh, being at Wolves, I just think that that will probably, you know, even the game out a little bit. Wolves as well, you know, they, they've looked slightly underwhelming. Of course, they are sat second from bottom at the moment, but they did get that draw against Newcastle uh, last weekend. And of course, you know, to get a draw against Newcastle at the moment, I think it's a very good result. So, you know, they showed they're a strong side at home. Probably again, unfortunate not to come away with three points in that one. So, um, yeah, I think this will be a case of, uh, you know, a draw here and uh, you can get that at 12-5. Now, James, Leicester are back in the spotlight once again. Sunday, they travel to Brighton. With that said, let's look at Brighton. Can I put you down for a Pascal Gross anytime goal at odds of 9-2? to two? Well, you'd have to at least consider it. Three goals in five games is about as good as it gets for a start to a Premier League midfielder season. And an implied odds of less than 20%. You've got to say that's a brilliant value bet. We've mentioned several times about Leicester's defensive struggles. And although Brighton are a threat going forward, you'd say they lack a top draw striker. So you do have to look further afoot for value. And I like the look of Pascal for some gross profit. Oh, nicely done. Excellent. Which I guess we have to end with one more question. That's to Jamie. I don't think we can go any further than that. But Jamie, anyway... Manchester United play host at Arsenal on Sunday. Probably the Gunners' first real test of the season. Obviously, we don't know what happens against Aston Villa on Wednesday, but let's assume. Would you be backing the Gunners to win at Old Trafford odds of 13-8 to on Sunday? Yeah, well, look, I, I think we have to assume that they probably will be going into this one on, on maximum points, you know, with 15. Um, so maybe could be a bit of complacency here from Arsenal. I don't personally see that because I think they are just such a good team. But do you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going for a Manchester United win here. I think we saw how good they were against Liverpool at Old Trafford. I think this is going to be a really big occasion for them. Of course, I think the mood will be kind of up with, you know, the likes of Casemiro arriving, Anthony arriving. And I think as well, they are starting to play a bit better as well. I mentioned earlier in the show, they do look like they're starting to click a bit here, Manchester United. So um, I'm actually going to go for a Manchester United win here. I think that that's probably the way to go. I think it's going to be an interesting encounter. I mean, really, you could flip a coin on these two teams yes United had that awful start but I guess it's better to get the awful start out of the way and then start going up the league ladder whereas Arsenal they are a different breed this season so you know they could just as easily win at Old Trafford but we'll have to wait and see how that one pans out because now it's time for our final bit of business for this week's show and that is the odds on threefold we all pick a leg each combine it into an acca let's try and go for bets over one to two but less than evens and let's see if we can get another winner over the line 
I'll go first this week, and I'm going to go once again with Borussia Dortmund, this time to beat Hoffenheim at home on Friday night. Now, Dortmund served me well with a 1-0 win over Hertha Berlin last weekend, and although both they and Hoffenheim are on 9 points out of 12 on offer, I think 8-13 to for the black and yellow to win at home is a very inviting price. With that said, James, what have you got for me? Well, I think I'll get the sack from my Barnsley supporting content editor if I lay them again this weekend. So I'll give them a swerve and go for a derby win over Plymouth in League One. The Rams are very strong at home and the Pilgrims have never tasted victory at Pride Park. So that gets the nod at 10 to 11. Fantastic. Uh, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Brighton win over Leicester um, at 5-6. to six. I think, you know, obviously we saw Brighton suffer their first defeat of the season against Fulham, but definitely seen them bouncing back here against the Leicester side who are bottom of the table at the moment. That, of course, could change on the weekend. They do play Manchester United in the meantime. I did predict a Man United loss for them. So, you know, again, if they've suffered two more defeats, you know, and obviously that would see them remain bottom of the table. Brendan Rodgers could be in, in very big trouble. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll be speaking about the, in the next... Leicester manager next week. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Brighton Brighton win here over Leicester. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. I did indeed. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. All good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye.